Hello and welcome to the Form of Fitness podcast, podcast where I, Nathan Shanes, and my co-host Duncan Bryson will be breaking down the world of fitness into bite-sized pieces of information, such as exercise philosophies, routines, and more. We're glad you're along for the journey. We hope you enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Form of Fitness podcast. This is episode six. I'm joined by Duncan today, and today I believe we're going to be talking about warm-ups, technical work and cool downs maybe something else too (laughs) yeah we'll see where we are after all that but i think that this is a very important subject to talk about because i feel like these are the type of supplements that no one talks about or does right but they're the ones that actually work right because they're supplemental materials and because warming up is very important it gets you into the right uh state of mind it gets your muscles warmed up especially as the temperatures are dropping you don't want to pull a muscle doing a front squat that's like 80 percent of your max that's going to take you out for months possibly you know you don't want to go in and do a subpar workout just because that first set that you do has to now warm you up along with actually being a strength building set you also don't want to go in to doing something that you haven't done in a while without practice and these are all things that warm-ups do very well Right. You also really need to figure out how to optimize warming up and cooling down in order to get the best bang for your buck. And so I think that these are all things that we struggle to do because we don't think about them and we don't think they're important. Yeah. I'd say when you think about them, what it does is really puts your workout in perspective with what you're actually trying to accomplish as opposed to just saying it's a certain day going in and doing exercises for that and then leaving. Right. Like instead of it being a singular block of you working out, you divide it into uh, preparation work for maybe a heavy lift. And then you want to divide that into some like because you want your uh, exercise to kind of like go up and down in terms of your energy expenditure that you're using during the workout. And so warming up really gets you ready to activate because I'd say like. Everyone warms up before a long run. I mean, wh- why wouldn't you warm up before a good, strong workout? Yeah. All the, you know, all these guys that are doing heavy powerlifting and all this stuff competitively, they're doing warm ups before their workouts. So it's kind of like throwing it in there and saying train like you mean it mm-hmm. is really how I would put it in perspective. And which is why I guess I, I don't mean <laughs> mean it because. <laughs> I've uh I've kind of been slacking on my warm up game recently, but it is uh definitely something that I'm looking at putting back. And especially, I feel like the warm up thing, like there's easy options as far as like warming up uh, that I used to do, like just get on the treadmill for five minutes or something yeah. like that, get and get actually warm kind of thing. Like I normally would do that, and I've got my sweatshirt on while I'm doing it to get a sweat rolling mm-hmm. kind of thing, or doing specific warm ups to the day that I'm doing to either warm those muscles up or warm all the other accessory muscles that I'm not really using a whole lot up and then warm up with a couple warm-up sets or something like that. Yeah, and especially when we're talking about these temperatures outside are getting colder and colder, the days are getting shorter and shorter. Thinking about having that second layer of clothes on you during the warm-up can be very beneficial as well. And I think that being conscious of whatever workout you're doing is important too because there are some workouts that require less warm-ups than others. 
I think of, I'm going to say Murph, because Murph, I feel like, is not only a CrossFit workout, but it's kind of a challenge that's been popularized in social media. And that's a mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and a mile run. What a lot of people don't realize is the guy who did this, Murph, treated the first mile run as a warm-up and the last mile run as a cool-down to get all the lactic acid that was built up in his system out of it, out of his system so that he could go in and do all the other stuff that he had to do within the armed services every day. And so that was a workout that he did in the morning to prepare himself for the day. And so in the confines of that specific workout, there's not a lot of warming up that needs to be done as long as you understand that that first mile is kind of your warm-up and you need to take it a little slower. And there's not a lot of cool-down that you actually have to do at the end as long as you understand that that last mile needs to be done in a way in which you are not building up more lactic acid, but you're actually getting that kind of flushed out of your system and distributed to not just your arms and your legs. Yeah, I would say when you're thinking about this, um, you always want to think about lactic acid dissipation. Um, I'd say cardiovascular readiness is probably mm-hmm. the way to put this, is that you're going to get your heart rate's going to get up. And the worst, so this is definitely from personal experience, is that you don't want to just go into a heavy lift with a basically like just resting heart rate. Yeah. It, you're not going to feel good because <laughs> your blood's going to go from pumping at, let's say, I mean, you probably like, it's maybe up a little bit. So maybe like 80, 85, maybe mm-hmm. even 90. Um, if you're at a light acclimation to 130, 140, 150, 160, lifting at a, um, like trying to lift really heavy. And the thing about that is that it's not it's not natural. Like it really isn't an exceptionally natural way of getting your body used to that. And it's, I'd say as far as like, Getting your body, what what you want to do is get your body more and more used to those higher heart rates over the course of maybe five, 10 minutes, as opposed to in 30 seconds, you've got, because your, your blood starts pumping faster to get oxygen to your cells more frequently, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're doing that all of a sudden, a lot of times you can either like just run out of air and you're going to be going <gasps> like, like breathing really hard and stuff yeah. all the time. And it's going to be, it's not, you're not going to feel good. And the lift's not going to feel good. It, you know, it might be okay at best, but you want to feel great while you're working out, right? You want to feel like you are on top of it. You can manage the weight you're doing, either that or you're pushing your boundaries. You know, it's the difference between feeling like you have the capacity to do something and not feeling that. And while you might feel like out of breath, pained uh, like or like almost sore to an extent from having a good workout you don't want to feel pain Mm -hmm. is the thing so yeah and i love your whole talk about your heart because like i just pulled up my um heart rate from yesterday's workout in which we were doing some bike sprints along with some other work and my heart rate topped out at 160 beats per minute my resting heart rate is 40 beats per minute and I'm probably somewhere around 60, 70 beats per minute while I'm walking. Mm-hmm. You do not want your heart to have to go from 70 to 160 in the fraction of a couple seconds. That's like expecting your car to go from 20 miles per hour to like 180 in like two seconds. It's going to do a lot of damage to your car. And it's going to do a lot of damage to your cardiovascular system as well. Mm-hmm. Like there's just certain things that you need to build yourself up to. 
There's a reason why even before competition, athletes are given time to warm up and get into their pace. And I think that another thing that we can do to not only incorporate into our warm-up in order to make sure that we're getting our best bang for our buck, but also to make you feel like you're actually doing something in your warm-up other than warming up is incorporate some technique work. Mm -hmm. Because technique is one of the things in fitness that almost rarely do you get to a point where you do something perfectly every time. Technique is always something that you can work on. And either it's work on the technique of the lift you're doing, work on the technique of a lift that you want to do, work on the technique of something that you want to be able to do by the end of the month. And there's just a lot of um, stuff that you have to do body control wise Mm -hmm. in order to get you there. Yeah. And I'd say as far as the technique work goes, it doesn't have to be something you're doing that day. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, maybe it's push day for you, right? You're going to go hit bench, maybe some triceps too. Um, maybe you want to spend your warm up working on technique work for squat, right? Yeah. You want to focus on getting correct depth and whatnot and practicing good holds and all that stuff. And that's great because then you won't be fatigued for your workout if you want to push that technique work a little bit harder than just, you know, practicing the form itself, which is a good option. And it really uh, lends itself to you being able to kind of do a lot more of what you want and move around and you be able to say, look, this is 10 or 15 minutes for me to warm up, whether that be a warm up where I'm doing dynamic stretching exercises that affect the lift I'm doing today, um, cardiovascular type of heating up explicitly where I'm doing maybe some running on the treadmill, some rowing, some uh, Stairmaster or something like that at a you know relatively normal speed or in this case, technical work where you're working on something that maybe you either struggle with when it comes time for you to do it during your workout routine or um, something that maybe you have not the right amount of joint flexibility around. Mm -hmm. And so you, maybe you need some time to work. Like uh, I know that some people have hard time when they're doing like French press to keep their shoulder or their um, elbows pointed forward more, because if you don't, you'll flare your shoulders out and it's a tricep exercise and it'll hurt your shoulders if you flare your shoulders out too hard because you're pushing weight that's too heavy. And some people have a hard time keeping that nice tight form. And so maybe you want to work technique work with something like that, you know? Yeah. And one of my favorite workouts when it comes to, or warm ups when it comes to working on technique is called the burner warm up, which is actually named after a CrossFit coach who kind of popularized this form of warm, warming up. And basically, Let's say you're working on a snatch or a power clean. All you do is you go and you start out with a PVC pipe and you just go through those motions, right? You kind of identify, you know, there's the setup, there's pulling the bar up to your knees, pulling the bar past your knees to get it into that launch position and then going from launch position to, you know, full extension if you're on a power clean or I guess full extension if you're on a snatch and then popping under the bar for both as well. And so these different stages are all things that you have to hit in the period of your lift. But with a PVC pipe, you can pause at each one to make sure that your form is correct. And then you can go to a barbell and do the same thing, right? And I've had people go and express the sentiment to me like, well, I can't really figure it out going slow and with a lightweight. But I know that when I go with a heavyweight and I go fast, 
then my technique is perfect. I'm like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> that That's really not how that works. You're wrong. You just get it done because otherwise you're going to hit your head. Yeah. And yeah. you just don't hit your head. So. Yeah. I guarantee you that if you did the technique completely correct during the burner work up, warm up, then you'd be lifting heavier right. and you'd be able to do a lot more because you'd actually be going through the different steps because it's not about learning just how to do the movement, but how to do the movement most effectively. Um, and so I think that that's a very important like training tool that we can use, especially in our warmups, especially for things where it's pretty complex and you have different almost stages of, um, this kind of pass fail mechanic. Yeah. I'd say that's definitely something that, uh, translates over to deadlifts really well mm -hmm. is that deadlift form is something that you can fuck up. You can fuck up really bad. Mm -hmm. And, uh, cause I mean, uh, one of my friends, uh, their friend, like threw their back out doing a deadlift that was too heavy for him. Like, like just slipped a disc entirely at like, yeah. at like 19. I'm like, I don't want to have a slip fucking disc <laughs> at my age. Yeah. Like I'm not going to do that kind of shit. So, um, it just makes more sense to be very, very practical with your workout because like, it's not like that weight being that much higher. Isn't going to benefit you on the goals that you actually want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Maybe you do want to achieve a higher number, but you would probably much rather have a good physique with a good strong build and you can functionally move more weight than you can just throwing it around kind of thing. In the case of deadlifts, right? If you're just yanking against the bar, like you want to keep good, strong form, contracted core, strong lower back, spine straight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And stuff like, and pull from a good stance instead of like using your entire back or something like that. Like there's a lot of different variables that need to be in the right spot that sh in this case shouldn't be variables. They yeah. should be constants, right? Yep. And and a big PSA right here because this is something that your parents probably didn't know and will probably tell you otherwise that we now have the like data to back up. Do not do static stretches in a warm up. What a static stretch does is it tears your muscle fibers in order to make you more limber. You do not want to have micro tears in your muscles before having to lift something heavy. You are actually making it harder for you to lift. You are actually making yourself weaker. And that doesn't mean that static stretches don't have a place, but the place is after the workout mm -hmm. in that kind of recovery mode and that sort of cool down time. But before the workout, go with these more dynamic stretches that are trying to get you to increase your range of motion without you having to worry about necessarily pulling anything. Right. And so for people that are unsure of what we mean by that, static stretching and dynamic stretching are the two kinds of stretching that are, I don't think there's any more. I think it's just dynamic. It's and like it, you really can't, there can't be like any middle really. Yeah. Um, dynamic is where you're doing a stretch, but what it is is it's active stretching to an extent is what I would like to call it is where, like in the case of jumping jacks, jumping jacks are, they're, they're common warm up. They're stretching. You're stretching your shoulder, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't really think of that as like a deep stretch. It's really isn't. You're just stretching and getting your muscles loose through light activity, mm -hmm. right? And the same with like high knees, butt kicks. I mean, these are some of the, the common yeah. ones. And then static stretching is where you are doing like, like in the case of like touch your toes or like butterflies or things like this where you are deep stretching for the point of 
making it easier to stretch that same position next time and over the course just become more limber and most times you want to do your static you want to do your static stretching during your cool down at the very end of your exercise yep. and you want to do your dynamic stretching first generally if it feels like it's something you do in yoga save it for the end <laughs> if it feels like it's something that you would do before a game you can probably do it at the beginning of your workout and so that that's just something that right now is going to take a while because we just got that information. Basically the, the white paper resources, the white paper studies just got published. It's going to take a while, but we understand now that static stretching is something that you save to the end and not something you put at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something that we do have to understand. And so now I think is a good time to talk about what exactly we should be doing at the end of our workout. Cause I see way too many people finish their workout and just think that they can go home and come back the next day. So one of the big things that you do at the end of a workout is you need to cool down, right? Your heart rate was at 160, you know, or 140, whatever. And I, I see too many people just let their heart rate go back down naturally. And in the back of my head, I'm like, you are wasting so much effort to do that. Because one of the biggest things that you can work on when you're at this really high heart rate is teaching your body how to catch um, your breath again while also doing work. So one of the things that I like to do is while I'm doing a workout, let's say I'm doing a workout where I'm doing 15 calories on a bike at a really hard pace, and then I'm doing like 20 box jumps, a couple burpees, and like some sit-ups, right? And then I go back to that bike, and I'm doing that for about 20 minutes. That bike is the hard part of that workout. That bike is a sprint and everything else is just kind of this accessory work that's giving me a break in order to get back to the sprint. And it's also going to tax me a little. My cool down that I can identify from that workout is going to be three to five minutes on the bike. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sprinting on the bike. I'm probably going around 30 to 40 uh, RPMs, um, which is revolutions per minute. in order to just make sure that I am still moving and I'm still exerting some effort. I'm not exerting nearly the amount of effort that it took me to get to that 15 calories in like 15 seconds. Right. But it's still getting me there. And that's actually going to help you with that um, anaerobic capacity and helping you with learning to breathe while under pressure and learning how to catch your breath while you are exhausted. Because the only other way to train that, that, uh, mechanism is to do a workout for 40 minutes at like just something grueling. Like you'd have to go and run a 5k and then run another mile after, or you can do this stuff and it's just something that you tack on at the end of the workout. Right. And that's something that I'm looking towards including in my workout regimen. Um, cause as of current, like most times if I'm thinking about like a, I think about a finisher, not mm-hmm. really like a cool down. So it's something like, like if we're doing leg day at the end of my workout, I might go, we might go hit some abs or something like that. Uh, or abs tends to be the normal yep. go-to just because you can train your abs every day and they'll be fine. Uh, it's one of the few muscles that can actually take seven day a week Yeah, work. It's up like your forearms and your abs are pretty much. And squats. Yeah, I mean, squat you, every day. You can squat every day, but I'm saying like, as far as like, <laughs> hard grueling and taxing work yeah. you, your abs 
and your forearms can really take it. Um, and so, yeah, actually in the other case, I'm, I'd, I'll do like maybe some forearm, forearm work at the end of the workout because it tends to be easier as far as like total body exertion. So I don't feel like crazy winded. I just feel like it's hard for the muscles to actually do yeah. or something like that. So, you know, but yeah, I do need to include that in my, my personal workouts. Yeah. And then of course you also need to stretch, <laughs> you yes, know, that too. Um, because what we're doing there is we're recovering essentially is, you know, when you're stretching, you're breathing slowly, you're getting oxygen, you're getting that lactic acid out of your system. And the reason why you need to stretch and you need to like rolling out your muscles is also a big thing. And the reason why you need to do these things is so that you can go back to the gym sooner without feeling hampered by the previous day because some lactic acid is good i remember my cross-country coach loved it whenever we went into the weight room the day before the meet and got some weightlifting work in now we weren't allowed to go 100 percent in the weight room but we did go enough to get some of that lactic acid build up because it actually showed that we can do slightly better if we have some lactic acid already in our system as opposed to having zero lactic acid in your system but that doesn't mean that you want to just let everything build up because eventually you're going to get so sore to the point where you're going to screw something up or you're just not going to want to go. And you don't want to make going to the gym an unpleasant experience. Yeah. And in the case of doing these static stretchings at the ed- end of your workout, don't just do them at the gym. Don't You don't need to just set the time that is at the end of your workout for stretching. Stretch all the time. That's what I do. I stretch, you know, whenever I feel the the compulsion to. Mm-hmm. And that's relatively frequently. If I feel something like a twinge, I'll sh- do a little stretch or something like that. I mean, you you probably do it anyway, but I'm saying not just like not just like the oh, I'm going to sit up straight in my chair, stretch my back a little bit, like like do a good deep stretch of some sort. Stretch it out and you'll feel much better. On top of that, this is something that is very microscopic that will compound over time in both benefit of limberness your entire your ability to stretch and just all these things and your strength through extension in this case which is an important thing that tends to get overlooked a lot and flexibility is one of the things where even just being flexible you can lose it even if your flexibility is fine for the time being right Mm -hmm. i think of these people who like squatting, one of the biggest problems with squats for people are their ankle mobility. Mm-hmm. It's that ability to support a load while their ankles are bending in the way that allows them to squat. And so a lot of people come in in their 40s or 50s, especially do like a CrossFit class, and they have to work on this ankle mobility. Well, if you would make sure that you're stretching and that you're cooling down properly now, you would never have to worry about your ankle mobility. Mm-hmm. But because people don't want to put in that time, right, it, because it doesn't impact them now, mm-hmm. they think that it won't catch up to them later. And that's one of those things where warming up, cooling down, doing technique work, none of this stuff might seem particularly exciting, right? You might not be able to notice, like, immediate results in the same way that, you know, if you go on a really hard workout, at least you're sore afterwards. At least you know that it worked. Right. These things, you don't necessarily get that immediate benefit, but you definitely get a lot more long-term benefits from doing just the little things. Yeah. The one thing I do like is um, when you hit a good stretch, you can feel it pulling. You mm-hmm. like, like in the case of like, let's say 
a good wide squat stretch where you do something like maybe an archer squat of some sort mm-hmm. for stretch and you feel the stretch in like your groin area to an extent. <laughs> like it feels good to get a good stretch like that because you'll notice is that after these first couple times, getting into that stretch position is easier. There's you've gotta you've gotta go farther in the stretch to make it give you that same I am stretching sensation because you're stretching the boundaries of what your muscles are flexibly capable of. And that's, it's really important. And it also, it just makes you, you're, you're going to be healthier. That's like, as far as overall health goes in the case of fitness, stretching, flexibility, things like this, you're going to, later you will thank you so much that you're able to, and do things like this and prevent, bone disease of some sorts and just able to prevent like just all these other um what is it uh muscular deficiencies in certain areas and uh like your ability to bend over as you get older you're just going to be more flexible and your future you will thank you for less back pain less joint pain all this stuff so that's really important yeah and just one last thing I want to touch on is if you're like me and you go to a class style workout, right? Almost every workout I do is with a bunch of other people and with a coach. Mm. And the I love the coaches. The coaches are amazing. Sometimes they let things drop. Like my CrossFit gym that I go to right now doesn't really cool down. And that's not necessarily their fault. It's because we only have an hour to get everything in. Mm-hmm. And cool downs just usually get lopped off at the end because it's the easiest thing to just bail out on. And yeah. so... I have to take that onus upon myself. I have to take that responsibility upon myself to actually be able to cool down properly. Mm-hmm. And in order to do all that and even technique work, I can't expect them to know where my technique failures are. I have to do that myself. And most coaches, if you're in a class setting, you do not need to be worried about them being upset with you because you are trying to make yourself fitter. They are not going to think that you are loitering or cutting a fool because you're trying to do something that is reasonable and that you are actually doing to improve your fitness. They might even help you. They might even give you some tips. They might even show you a different stretch that they think would work better for you. Mm-hmm. And all these things, you know, don't feel confined within an hour if you are in this kind of class almost um, setup, and don't feel like you are confined to just doing what is prescribed on the whiteboard or mm-hmm. on the website. Yep. Yep. And that's a that's a good point to make and a good final point to make because that really, uh, in many ways, that can show your dedication to what you're actually doing is that what you're going above and beyond just the confined time that you signed up for. So, And with that, I think we've kind of touched everything. There's definitely plenty of information on this on YouTube as far as specifics in terms of the warm-ups, technical work, and cool-downs go. Mm-hmm. So with that being said... I'm glad you guys have listened, and we'll see you guys next time. See ya. This production was brought to you by the Uptown Audio and Media Network. If you are interested in more work like this from us, you can find those on our socials, such as Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, which will be listed in the description below. And we thank you for listening.